This drink, I like it. I know, it's great, right? Another! <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Film on Tap. The show where I'm joined by my co-hosts, Andres Gallego and Nancy Rodriguez, and we talk all things movies and we have a damn good time doing it. we got a great Halloween theme show for you today. As you can see, this is not just what we wear on a normal daily basis. We're having fun. We're shooting this on uh, Halloween and like, of course, we had to do it in costume. But today we're going to be talking about some movie news, some trailers. We're going to be talking about Dune uh, as well. And in addition, we're going to be talking about an overrated Halloween movie that we think is super overrated. And we're also going to be telling you our favorite Halloween candy. So you definitely want to stick around for that. So to kick things off today, we're going to be talking about a big piece of movie news that hit the interwebs uh, in the past couple of weeks. And that was that Brendan Fraser, the one and only Brendan Fraser, is cast in the new Batgirl movie for HBO Max. And he's going to be playing the villain Firefly. So we're going to cut on over to Andres, who's already smiling. I can already see it on his face. He wants to talk about it. So Andres, what do you think about this piece of casting news? Are you on board? Because I can't tell by your ear to ear grin. <laughs> Maybe I should never play poker because honestly, <laughs> I think I would just crack so, so hard every time. But oh goodness, Brendan Fraser. He's one of those actors that always holds a special place in my heart. I love him in all the stuff he did in the 90s, you know, Encino Man, George of the Jungle. And The Mummy holds a special place in my heart uh, with me and my girlfriend, especially because that's like one of the movies that we constantly end up quoting. And Brendan Fraser is just one of those actors that he was so he was so just like out and about and just so around in the early part of his career. And then all of a sudden. I mean, like after like the mid 2000s, he just kind of disappeared and he's sort of having like, um, for lack of a better word, uh, renaissance, if you will. No, use the word. It's a beautiful word. (laughs) (laughs) He's like coming back and like stuff like Doom Patrol, which also another DC property, which Mm -hmm. guys check that out. It's so good. good Um, But yeah, but um, oh, goodness. But the the idea that he's going to be in the DC universe as a villain and also with a character that is as underrated, I think, as Firefly, because it's it's one of those things where it's technically almost like Mysterio, where he's a special effects guy, but it's the special effects guy who's who basically got caught up in an accident that a studio could have prevented and is burned all throughout his entire body. And that's a very timely thing that we can delve into, especially mm. with all the news that has happened with you know, everything that's been happening on sets and people concerned for their safety. So it's one of those things where it's a perfect time to have Firefly be a villain in something and to have someone as talented and awesome and someone who's going to make that role his own. Brendan Fraser. Oh, my goodness. I'm I'm so on board for this. So on board. All right, Nancy, what do you think? Uh, I think I'm right there with Andres. I feel, you know, we're talking about overrated and underrated. I feel like for some reason, Brenda Fraser is a very underrated actor uh, for a mm-hmm. lot of people. And I think about that scene in Encino Man where he's trying to like, I think it's like he's trying to get the fire going or he like sees his relative or like something. He's in the museum mm-hmm. and he, it's just so heartbreaking. He's such a good actor in that. And then also uh, he's in a few episodes of Scrubs. Um, obviously he's done more stuff than that, but those are the two things that stand out to me in terms of being a very good actor and getting that range. So, I mean, you could tell me Brendan Fraser was being cast in like 
Dora the Explorer part. I'd be a hundred percent on board. I'm like, I'm on it. I'm good. Like, I will watch him in it. Like, Just take I'm, my money. I will see. Exactly. I'm so excited for him to have. It feels like a comeback for him. I feel like he's getting traction again. Uh, and you know, sometimes that just happens as you know, actors go away and then they just get this traction again. And um, it's not that we ever stopped loving Brendan Fraser. It's just mm-hmm. that he just, for whatever reason, wasn't around. So I'm super excited about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I fucking love Brendan Fraser. Like, <laughs> I could go on. I could go on for days. It's so for endearing. how like for how much I love Brendan Fraser. He's one of my favorite actors. I was really sad when he kind of went away for a while, but rightfully so. You know, he has a very tragic um, story for as to why he faded from the spotlight for so long. Um, but as an actor, he's just such a charming, charismatic guy. He's such a nice guy, too. And just, you know, like movies like, you know, The Mummy, Mummy Returns and See No Man, Blast from the Past, you know, even Tarzan. Oh, my God. Or sorry, George of the Jungle. Uh, just such fun movies. And he's just always such a fun, likable presence. So seeing him have this renaissance, like you said, so great. I, I, I'm just every time I hear a piece of news about like a new movie he's in, I'm like, fucking go, Brendan Fraser. <laughs> like, let's wow. do this thing. I'm so excited. And the fact that he's going to be playing a villain. So cool because it's kind of against type for him. You know, he doesn't really play a ton of dark characters or villainous characters. So this will be a really cool turn for him. And I really couldn't be more excited about that. And just um, just in terms of, you know, just Brendan Fraser performances, I think that this could be potentially one of his best because I think, like you said, the potential for this character to really kind of like leap off the page is like right there. And I think he could do some really cool things with it. And he's already in Doom Patrol. So he has comic book experience. So I'm not worried about that. I mean, I'm totally on board for this. I mean, are you guys a little bit hesitant about him playing like a villain? No, 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 not, not, no, <laughs> not no, 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 <laughs> no, not at all. If, if no. there is if there is anything, if there's anything that some of the great comedians or comedic actors have taught us, especially Jim Carrey, is mm-hmm. the people that are funny can easily turn that knob to oh, be yeah. a villain so quickly and so effectively. Like, I mean, say what you will about the number 2023, 20, I think is what, which one it was. Oh, we don't um, talk about that movie, Andres. No, we but, don't but, talk but, about yeah, that. <laughs> but, but, but the thing is, you like, like. Or should have gone like Eternal Sunshine. Yeah, yeah. Truman Show. Well, Eternal Sunshine, like th- those are all movies where you can see he truly is gifted as an actor. Yeah. But it's those type of movies like, you know, there's even moments in Batman Forever that's kind of like the unhinged villainous type, oh, yeah. villain type of person. And then you're just like, oh, he could really pull this off. And just knowing that Brendan Fraser has done so many comedic roles, it's one of those things where in the DC universe, it's been done effectively so many times where they cast against type. I mean, Ewan McGregor in Birds of Prey, he was fantastic. That was phenomenal. And, and who would have guessed Ewan McGregor had that in him? So I think we're on board for something equally as satisfying and equally as surprising from Brendan Fraser. But if I may say, one thing I do want to see in this renaissance, just throwing it out there, I know how people feel about the third Mummy film. I would love to see a fourth Mummy yes, film come out. 100%. But with him and Rachel Wise, I yes. want them both together again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. I, I would like that too. I feel though he's past that, unfortunately, just where he is in life as much as I would love to see that. But you're the thing is, I feel like Brendan Fraser wasn't uh, necessarily cast as a comedic actor all the time. It felt like it was more comedic slash like he was this um, 
more of like this dreamy kind of character, uh, especially like back in Encino Man and like his earlier films. And I feel like later, you know, now that he's later in life, I feel like this is makes the perfect sense for him of to mm-hmm. move from that where he was back in his career when he was in the heyday of his times. Oh my God. Every time. There it is. There's, the motorcycle. There it is. There's gonna be at least one in that episode. On I feel like. Every time. The sons of anarchy are riding. Yeah, it's like they're recording. We gotta ride. Um, but yes, I feel like uh it's the perfect transition for him at the perfect time to go into like a more villain character. Mm, absolutely. But I think we could all agree it's great to have Brendan Fraser back and we can't wait to see what he does with this role. And then we also got another piece of great news, especially for Dune fans, and uh, that a sequel, Dune Part 2, has been officially greenlit. So we are going to get a second part of Denis News Dune adaptation. You know, the first film came out a couple weeks ago. Uh, we all saw it. Uh, but how do we feel about Dune getting a sequel, getting that greenlit? Are we excited? You know, especially after seeing the movie, how do we feel? Nancy, we'll start with you on this one. I mean, are we surprised is my question. Are we surprised that we're getting a Dune 2? Because I'm not. I It felt like this is the only way they had to go with it, even though they weren't officially saying it. I was like, there's no way they're going to just do the one, one and done. Like, it, there's no way you can get. And I don't even know the backstory to Dune at all, which I think mm-hmm. kind of went in my favor in this case um watching it but um i'm super excited well especially after watching it it's like how can they not make a second one there's no way but yeah those are my thoughts okay andres what do we feel i i I just love seeing your face before i go to you because i know you would like you would absolutely be god awful at poker but i mean that like in the best way possible it's like you're just always so animated so so it's like i wonder how he feels about this news when he's literally smiling like he just got like a bike under his tree on christmas Sometimes he'll give us the swerve. You're like, no, I don't like. No, no, that. yeah, he's got different <laughs> oh, okay. smiles. Yeah, he's got like his like, oh, wait till you hear what I have to say. Smile, uh-huh. and then the oh, I just want to talk because I'm excited. Yes, but Andres, exactly. anyway, enough of us analyzing you. What did you think? <laughs> I'm just going to be as transparent as possible on this point. Okay. Yes, <laughs> but yes, um, I'm very excited for a Dune sequel. And here's the thing, though. I've seen it happen so many times where they come out with one movie and they go, you know what? We have a sequel planned out where like it is meant to be a two-parter, but then the first film falls flat on its face and then we don't get the sequel. I mean, like so many people are like, how many times does that happen? I'm like uh, push way back when the day based on a novel, didn't do anything in the box office, canceled the sequel. Jumper was meant to be a trilogy. First movie bombed. Didn't do anything with it. And oh my gosh, it, Golden Compass. Golden oh, Compass, yeah. yeah. Yep. I was so excited for a trilogy. It was awful. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah, <laughs> but, it was awful. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's awful, but but the, the movie, big yeah. X factor was the fact that this is directed by Denny Villeneuve, who's arguably this day one of the best directors working today. I mean, Blade Runner 2049, what, what a challenge that was to direct a sequel to a movie that has a massive cult following, redefined sci-fi, and he nailed that so effortlessly. And then also just even movies like Arrival. How do you translate a movie where it's mm-hmm. basically about a loss of language between two different, not cultures, but two different species of people right. entirely? 
fantastic, works up to an ending that is so heart-wrenching and it's so different. And then also Prisoners as well, too. One of my favorite thrillers of the past, like, 10 years or so. I cannot get through that movie. Oh, it's so oh. good. Oh, no, it's so no, good. it's really good. I just, oh, okay. It's really hard to watch certain scenes. No, I get that. Oh, yeah. I get yeah. that. Oh, yeah, I no, say, like, don't tell me you think it's bad. I'm like, no, no, no. It's little... amazing. I just, <laughs> I still haven't been able to get through it in terms of, like, okay, let's just fast forward through this. Gotcha. No, I, yeah. I get that one. And, and it's, but it's one of those things where, like, as great of a director as he was, I mean, as he still is, it's one of those things where when they announced that Dune was going to be split in two, it's like, oh, easily, the, I, I could easily understand that it would probably make the money that it needs to. But this is before COVID. And after COVID, you know, people were saying that they need at least 500 million in order to break even. It's not even at that at all right now. And with H with um Warner Brothers announcing that this is going to HBO Max as well too that just kind of automatically just sort of seemed to me that they might have killed the franchise right then and there because there was no way it was ever going to make that much luckily the new head of Warner Brothers is one of those people that's kind of like no we see quality here like we see absolute quality mm-hmm. here no matter even if it didn't make the box office we're going to go ahead and we're going to make the sequel because it is undeniable that this movie is quality in itself. And for one, and also it's one of the more celebrated science fiction books of all time. I mean, mm. I remember reading it way back like 10 years ago in science class and then just being like, man, Star Wars, everything out there has stolen from Dune so many times. Hold on, pause. Your yeah. science teacher <laughs> let you read Dune for your sci- science class? No, sci- sci- uh, I mean, sci-fi, um, my sci-fi history class. Oh, okay. I was about to say. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> was this in high school? College. Okay. I was like, what high school did you go to? Where yeah, they I was had like, that's a pretty sweet high school. History class. That is amazing. Yeah. No, Gaming it was an elective. It was okay. an elective. So there yeah. you go. Okay. Okay. Sorry. I was just very alarmed. <laughs> that you're saying Alar- like you're alarmed or jealous. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, but I remember reading this book and then just going like, oh my God, so many things have taken from this over the years that it's highly influential. But that was also the other challenge that Denny had to face is how do you make this movie different enough from everything else that has taken from it over the years? And personally for me, I think he made it into an experience. And I thought it was, I thought it was incredible when I, when I eventually saw it. So just the idea that we're going to get the part two, no matter what happens and knowing that we have the crew over at uh, Warner brothers that that is um, coming forward from the discovery. And after the discovery purchase makes me feel a lot better about all the potential stuff that's going to come later on down the line. So yeah, <laughs> I, I'm just so glad <laughs> so many X factors played into the fact that I thought we were never going to get a sequel. I like I, I was just like, OK, mm-hmm. I'm about to be heartbroken. But you know what? I was prepared for the heartbreak and I got a big surprise. And that's the sequel. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm on board with you in that, like, uh, especially when they announced it was going to go straight to HBO Max. I was like, damn, it's like there goes the freaking sequel because it just. The thing with Denis Villeneuve is that, yeah, he's an amazing director and he's made some fantastic movies. The only thing is that he hasn't really made a lot of movies that have been like box office smashes, you know, especially I was really surprised when they gave him this huge budget for Dune, considering he had a massive budget for Blade Runner 2049 and the movie flopped. So I was very surprised that they actually gave him that budget, gave him that project. 
Um, but to see it do this well is fantastic. And the fact that we're getting a part two is great. And I love the fact that he had the balls for like the opening titles of the movie. It even says Dune part one. I was like, what a baller fucking move. Like literally like at the start of the movie, you're like, no, I'm making a sequel. And if they don't, it's going to look embarrassing. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. He was like, well, now you yeah. can't deny me a sequel. Yeah, he's like, now you got to give me a sequel because people are going to be like, where's part two? Honestly, genius move. Um, but plus, that was also genius of him to do that because he yeah. wanted to make it very clear to the audience mm-hmm. who's never seen this. Yep. I mean, like, can you imagine going into the movie and then thinking like, oh, wait a minute, that's it? That must be a boring book. It's like, no, there's a yeah. second half. Like, so mm-hmm. for, for anybody that's brand new to the movie, you know, you see on all the advertisements everywhere, it just says Dune. But then when you go into the movie theater, Dune part two, I mean, Dune part one and Dune part two have to happen. So yeah, it's such a baller move. I love Danny Velvet. I know he's, he's <laughs> the best. I don't know. I love his sense of humor. And I just, I just love him as a director and just, ugh. So great. I'm so happy about that. And now we're going to be shifting gears into trailers. There were a couple of big ones that were released in the past couple of weeks, one for a new Pixar movie and like another for a video game adaptation. So we're going to start off with that Pixar film. They're coming out with a light year film. And this is not about the Buzz Lightyear we know. This is about the man that inspired the Buzz Lightyear toy. And this version of Buzz Lightyear is going to be voiced by Chris Evans. And we got a first peek at the film that's going to be hit in theaters uh, next year okay all right <laughs> motorcycle and i think your guy somehow traveled over to my area i think that's what's <laughs> happening i think we're all gonna get a visit soon enough i think you're next andres but yeah. uh <laughs> <laughs> but uh w- let's start with nancy what do you think of this trailer are you excited for this was this a project that uh you thought was going to end up turning out good or maybe kind of turning into a disaster especially with you know people loving buzz lightyear so much especially tim allen as the character yeah, I was like, oh man, I'm confused now. Are they making Buzz sexy now? <laughs> I, was, I was, I'm conflicted like, okay. watching this. I don't think I should be attracted to Buzz Lightyear. It's very strange. No, I think it looks. I, I at first I was thinking, why do we need this movie? I don't. I'm not very interested in learning the backstory between uh, behind Buzz Lightyear. Um, but watching the trailer, it looks so pretty. Um, mm. There you go. Um, I, <laughs> he came I just, back. He came back around. He's doing a lot now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, it just looks so intriguing and visually it looks so, it looks so good visually that right. I'm interested to see it. Like I said, I wasn't quite on board when I heard they were making this movie because again, why? Don't really have a, a need for it. Um, but it's definitely one I'll go see. I'm not super, I would say I'm about at a like seven to six to seven in terms of okay. how excited I am to actually go see the movie. All right. Andres, where do you fall on this one? I mean, I thought Toy Story 4 did an amazing job in terms of tightening the bow on the whole entire Toy Story franchise. If we get any mm. more, it's going to feel like overkill for me. But the idea that we're going to bring back Buzz Lightyear, but as an adventure movie, based on the character itself, not on Tim Allen's portrayal or anything like that, gets me kind of excited. I actually like that idea quite a bit. And Mm -hmm. I thought the trailer did a great job in terms of portraying the awe and the wonder of this cadet that's about to go into Star Star Command and all this other stuff. And and just just seeing the design of how they made Buzz Lightyear look more tactile, if you will, and then also with the Mm -hmm. fact that we're getting someone as wholesome and kind of like has that sort of naive voice type of thing with Chris Evans. Like Mm -hmm. it's, 
it, it really gets me excited. Not only does it get me excited for this movie, it also gets me excited for what other possibilities there could come out with this. I mean, I don't know about you, but I just rewatched all the Toy Story films about a month ago. Mm-hmm. And there was a part of me that was just like, oh, I want to see Woody's gang as its own movie. Mm-hmm. I was going to say Stinky Pete. What yeah, with, 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 with a stink Pete that's actually not a not a bastard. Who's <laughs> <laughs> not a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. Because a real person may have not yeah. been a piece of shit like Stinky Pete was, you know. Oh my yeah. God, Stinky Pete. Honestly, like piece of shit, but great villain. Great yes. Villain. Such and- a great villain, but but a very understandable reason why he was a villain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Kelsey yeah. Grammer did oh, amazing job. A plus. Oh, yeah. A plus. Kelsey Grammer just has that villainous voice. Whether it's this or Sideshow Bob, he's just yes. fantastic. Oh my God. Did, wait, did you guys ever see Storks? No, I didn't see that oh, one. That is honestly one of the most underrated animated movies. It's hilarious. And That's he plays like he plays like this villainous boss character. And it, like he's just like <laughs> just his voice is so perfect. And he's just so good in that role. It's like he has the perfect voice for like a like charismatic villain character, if that makes yes. sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, I'm super excited for this movie way more than I thought I was really going to be, because when I heard it, when it was first announced, I was like, just like Nancy, I was like, why? Why Why do we do that? Are we just trying to milk the Toy Story brand at this point? Are we just trying to make anything tied to that franchise so we can make a ton of money? And, you know, having Chris Evans as the voice, I'm like, all right, this is interesting that it's not just about the toy. It's about the man that inspired the toy. I was like, all right, that could be kind of cool. And then the trailer, I got it. It looks beautiful. Like you yeah. can believe what you want about the story, even though we don't get a ton of information, but it looks gorgeous as with any Pixar movie, but like it looks stunningly realistic. I mean, it kind of swept me up. It was a really well-made trailer. And I kind of like that. They didn't even show us like a ton of Chris Evans voice because I think they kind of wanted to sell us on like the awe and wonder of like going into space and, you know, kind of waiting to kind of throw that voice in because I know a lot of people have that attachment to Tim Allen's voice as Buzz Lightyear. So the fact they maybe used, they only used his voice, I think once in the entire trailer. So mm-hmm. I think the next trailer will finally get a good taste of that. But I think for now, it's like, you got to get people used to the idea that this is not the buzz they know and someone different. And I thought it did a good job doing that. And I'm really interested to see where this goes. I mean, like you said, like if this movie works and is as good as I think it could be, I would love to see like a Western animated movie with like Woody and his gang. And it could be freaking fantastic. Like I like the more I thought about it, I was like, if we, they, if they, they made a movie like this about Woody. I was like, that'd be awesome. I would totally see that. And like you could do it with like a ton of like probably characters in Toy Story if it like pans out. Like I'm sure there's others that they could totally have like a spin-off movie or something like that. But like in Toy Story that Woody is based off of a real person or an actor, or is it just an old time puppet show? Wasn't it like an old time puppet show or it something? Was, it was an old time puppet show, okay. uh, Woody's Roundup, which was yeah, just like okay. a, it, so it, it was sort of like an, a Thunderbirds. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, saying, I mean, I, I guess it could be about in, okay, I mean, cause they don't say whether or not it's based off on, off of right. someone. So they could always just, yeah, they could always say this is the man that inspired me to create this Woody puppet. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like, it could be something like that, which could be really cool. And mm-hmm. like, you don't have to have Tom Hanks voice Woody. You could have someone else, like completely else, like it's completely different. But yeah, like it was definitely like giving me a lot of different possibilities in my head watching the trailer. I was like, wow, I didn't think like a concept like this could work. But like now I'm on board. Like I like this. Um, but let's talk about something I'm not really on board for. We're going to shift gears to the second trailer. <laughs> We're going to be talking about a, uh, a video game adaptation that's coming out 
off of uh, one of my favorite video games of all time, which is why I'm so passionate about it. And that is the trailer for the new Uncharted movie starring Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg and Antonio Banderas, which is an adaptation of the beloved video game franchise. We got our first official look at the movie with the trailer. We're going to start with Andres. Andres, what did you think of this trailer? I can read your face like a freaking book right now. What are we, what are we thinking? <laughs> oh, it's fucking garbage. Oh, it's fucking garbage. I, I, oh, I, 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 I think my thoughts on this is that Uncharted is one of the best cinematic experiences in a video game where, where you blend gameplay and story so well. The problem is with a video game adaptation, a video game itself takes certain elements from like the best of cinema and sort of like, you know, you look at Uncharted and it's sort of like Han Solo meets Indiana Jones um, meets this father son story type of thing. Right. And for that to go into the game, it's perfect for us to play that. But to have that sort of, combined into a video game and then regurgitated back in the cinema there's just something that feels very off about it there's something that feels just like i've seen this before but that that was the risk you were going to run into with a video game adaptation no matter where you go however ultimately i'm sorry tom holland i can't see you anything else as peter parker right now it's not different enough it's not in like don't get me wrong like tom holland is is a good actor and all this other stuff but He's sort of playing it in the same Peter Parker mode. And I don't see Nathan Drake at all. And for a movie that's been in development hell for well over 10 years, this is the movie that finally came out. This is the movie that Sony said was good enough to get made. I'm just, I'm just so disappointed. So disappointed to see one of my favorite video game adaptations get butchered like that on screen. And then also with, with a director as, as I mean, goodness, it's, it's one, like, I make those jokes where it's like, you know what, if a movie is in trouble or is going through development hell over at Sony, who do you give it to that will do it no matter what Ruben Fleischer. And he doesn't necessarily have his own discernible style either. Everything in that trailer looked ripped right out of the game and not necessarily in a good way, not, not necessarily in a way where you're just like, oh, this is a movie adaptation of it. Like if I was to tell you David Fincher was going to direct Uncharted, you get a clear thought in your head of what that movie is supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. But with just the way this is presented, it just feels like another, it just feels like a freaking regurgitation. And honestly, I'm just not excited for it in any way whatsoever. It's a shame, but you know, this is what we got. I'm... I'm probably going to go see it at a matinee. Maybe I'm more than anything. I want to be wrong and I want to come out and just be like, you know what? That was a great time. I was so wrong, but, but from everything I'm seeing, it's so dull, so lifeless. Mm. I'm, I'm just, I, I didn't feel anything for it. Anything. All right, Nancy, now that we know that Andres is in love with this trailer and that he is going to buy his ticket for opening day in IMAX. So <laughs> what, what, what did you think of this trailer? Um, I mean, I'm going to have to disagree with Andres. I don't think it's oh. garbage. However, I didn't even know this game existed. So I have literally uh, no attachment gotcha. in terms of the game. Gotcha, I had sure. no idea it existed. So I think that I think 
similar to when you read a book first and then go see the movie, it's always mm. going to skew it just ever so slightly right. in yep. terms of how you view the movie. So I can definitely understand why, you know, if you love the game and all of that, it's probably not going to be not your cup of tea in terms of what you're looking forward to in this movie. So as someone who has fresh eyes on it, um, still, it doesn't look like a fantastic movie, but it looks like it's, it's one of those movies where you're like, that looks fun. I guess I'll go see it. Um, mm-hmm. But what I will agree on with Andres is it doesn't feel original. It's something about it where it just doesn't feel like this is a very unique movie. Mm-hmm. Watching the trailer, I was like, oh, it's like cocktail meets national treasure meets Indiana Jones. You know what scene I'm talking about in the trailer. Okay, you just threw cocktail out there like it was just saying the days of the week. You need to explain yourself. <laughs> There was a scene in there where he's making a cocktail, okay? And he's so that like Tom Cruise. Cocktail? Yes. He's in his little Tom Cruise outfit. Cocktail he has a shaker. <laughs> it's cocktail. Um, uh, but no, what I mean by that is he has a very like boyish Tom Cruise-ish feel to him in gotcha. that like movie okay. where they're yeah. kind of trying to push that like he's cool, but he's still like learning things kind of kind of situation. Right. Um, and I think that's where you're talking about, Andres, where he gets stuck in this Tom Hollandy kind of uh, situation where it feels like he's Spider-Man because it feels like he's still this like young guy who's trying to learn things very similar to his Spider-Man character. Um, but yeah, I'll chalk it up to like, it looks like a fun movie, but it's not one where I'm like, oh, this looks so great. Um, but at the same time, don't think it looks like complete garbage. Although I will say that one part in the trailer where he's like, they're falling on the cargo stuff out of the plane and he's mm-hmm. somehow hopping upwards makes no damn sense. And it's very strange <laughs> where it's like, no, you can't jump upwards when you're, it doesn't, it visually looked weird to me. So mm-hmm. yeah, again, chalk it up to it looks fun, but not a fantastic movie. Yeah. But, I mean, but, but even, but even in terms of going on that as well, it's taken from a sequence in the third game yep. that is that, that, I don't know how the hell they did it, but they replicated it in almost beat for beat. And it looks worse in live action. Like in the game, they're dealing with stuff like, like, you know, like it feels like there is, there is a tactile gravity, gravityness to the entire thing. And it feels like, like, even though it's happening in the video game, it still feels like, Oh, I could see that happening. Whereas the movie kind of Mm -hmm. feels like it's being more unrealistic than the video game. Like, just looking at that sequence, it looks like, I mean, like, you know, the whole thing where Tom Holland wakes up and he's in the middle of the air. It looks like he's laying on a green screen during that scene. It's it's just, I mean, it just looks so horrible. I'm sorry, Tom, it was your turn. No, no, it's okay, man. Look, we, we got feelings. We got to express them, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but no, like, honestly, I'm on, I'm on board with you, Andres. Like, I, that's my favorite video game franchise, hands down. I love those games so much. I think they're so phenomenal. So like I've been wanting to see a live action adaptation. I even watched like the Nathan Fillion fan film, which was fantastic. And honestly, if you want to see like what a real Uncharted adaptation looks like, watch that. It's far better than this trailer. And it's perfectly casted with Fillion as Drake. And then I think Stephen Lang as Sully. Oh, yeah. Freaking perfect. But But, uh, but the big thing about that short is it had its own style. It it wasn't trying to look like the game, which is the only thing we want from the video game adaptation is not necessarily for it to look exactly like the game. We want to experience that feeling again. And that short, there's not that much action that short at all, but you looked at that and you're like, that's uncharted. 
That's mm-hmm. absolutely uncharted. Yeah. And like, I totally agree with you in that. I really feel like this movie looks so cookie cutter. It doesn't look like it's unique at all. It looks like so many bland, you know, summer blockbuster movies that like, it just, it looks so dull to me. And it's just like, then take into account that I don't buy Tom Holland as Nathan Drake. Like you guys said, like, he just seems like he's just Peter Parker with a more tight fitting shirt. And it's just like, I'm not really like on board with this. Like I don't buy Mark Wahlberg as Sully. He just seems like Mark Wahlberg and the action sequences look really dull and lame. And like you said, it's like, I don't know how they managed to make that cargo sequence look more cartoonish than the video game did. Like, it's just like, I was watching and I was like, why is this so off? Like I should be cheering at this part part in the trailer because it was like the one part I was like, okay, this feels like uncharted. But then at the same time, it's like, why does this look so silly and dumb? And like, I don't like this. And just the whole trailer kind of gave me that sensation of like, okay, this is not what I wanted as a fan of the games. This is not what I want just in an action movie. It just looks so bland to me. And it's just at the end of the day, it's like, I wanted like a more grounded, gritty, uncharted game and with someone else in the lead role like if they made like maybe like a series of uncharted films and then they wanted to do a prequel kind of like they did in the fourth game where like i think it starts or it goes back to like when nathan is like a young kid which tom holland is perfect for like he even looks like the kid in the game like if you want to do a prequel movie sure tom holland's your guy like he's got that young vibe to him and you know he could definitely pull off like a young nathan drake but in terms of like the nathan drake we all know and love like he's not that And like, he just doesn't have that same kind of personality and it just completely took me out of it. But, you know, like with Nancy, what she said, you know, when you don't have an attachment to the game, if you never played them or, you know, you never really had any sort of thoughts about that. It's like, this is not really a big deal. You're just watching a trailer for like a new action movie and it looks okay. I wish I could feel that way, but I'm like, Andres, I'm pretty pissed off watching this trailer. Literally like the entire, and then I'm reading the comments and everyone's like, oh, this looks great. This looks great. I'm like, did we watch the same fucking trailer? Like, this looks like dog shit to me. Am I and taking crazy pills? Yeah, for real. <laughs> That's what it felt like. Even as someone who isn't attached to the game or didn't know it was a game, it's still about like a six or a seven. Yeah. Like, it still like, I was like, it's, like it's a not even a good story. trailer. Yeah, it's not like a unique story that I'm like, ooh, that's so like interesting. It's like, okay, this is a very, like you said, cookie cutter action movie. Cool. Yeah. It just, Mm -hmm. it looks like super bland. It looks like it's just trying to be like an Indiana Jones like ripoff that's nowhere near as good. And I'm just like, that's not what I wanted. Like this looks like shit. But anyway, it looks like utter garbage. (laughs) But here's the thing is that a friend of mine had asked me over at the Halloween party yesterday if, um, because Uncharted came up. And because we have two upcoming Sony video game adaptations coming out in the next couple of months, someone just right. literally went, all right, gun to your head. If you had to, if you had to go see one of these movies, Uncharted or Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City. Oh, Resident which, Evil, hands down. Uh, even yeah. I would pick Resident Evil and I'm not yeah. even, I don't even know. The, the I was like, that, that looks like it has the, like the possibility of being like a so bad it's good. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like where like you can at least like have a good time with it if it's really bad or maybe it's got like a kind of fun sense of humor too. like that movie to me, even though I wasn't a huge fan of that trailer either. Mm-hmm. It still looks better to me than fucking Uncharted does. Oh, oh, hands out. There's not even comparison between those two trailers. And I think I'm going to have more fun with Resident Evil. At least they're going to be trying. But right. and at least there's a style to it that doesn't necessarily spell out the games directly. But Uncharted, it's just so bland. It's it's the epitome of bland in every capacity. Yeah. Fun fun fact for anyone who has not who hasn't kept up with that production whatsoever. I love the fact that when they first greenlit this movie, you know who was supposed to play Nathan Drake? Wasn't it Mark Wahlberg? 
It was Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember he was. Yeah. <laughs> so much time has passed that he's now the father character. He's now Sully. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, we had to get him on board. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. Like, and then I've seen like behind the scenes stills of him with like the Sully mustache. I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, right. that's a, like that's a return to sender kind of moment. I was like, no fucking thanks. <laughs> it's like no way. Oh god. Anyway, I need to talk about something good. So we're gonna talk about Dune because Dune's yeah. great, and I want to talk about it. And we've all seen it. You know, we touched on that. It uh, got greenlit for a sequel. Thank God. But now let's talk about part one. Let's talk about our thoughts, what we liked, maybe what we didn't like, and just kind of our overall consensus of the movie. Nancy, let's start with you. What did you think of Dune? And did you read the books before you saw it? Or did you just kind of go in fresh? I went in fresh. I had no idea what this story was about. Never read the book. Never saw the original. I saw some memes online. I was like, okay, it's something about spice in the desert. Cool. Which was great. <laughs> they didn't give it away, but I knew it was something about that. Um, I actually was uh, pleasantly surprised. I thought this was going to be a movie where I went in and watched it and was like, oh, it's not really for me. I like uh, movies that have a lot of background in terms of like creating worlds are sometimes a little bit harder for me to catch on to just because there's so much information. Um, right. But I really liked it. I uh, OK, so funny story. <laughs> So we, I knew we were supposed to talk about Dune coming onto the show. I got lazy during the week and unfortunately didn't get to go see it in theater. So I was like, okay, I watched it on HBO Max. That's totally fine. And then got even more lazy and it was nine o'clock at night. I was like, oh, fuck. I didn't watch Dune. I need to watch Dune for <laughs> tomorrow. So I go and turn on my TV and I'm like, they're talking very quietly and I cannot hear anything they're saying. That's weird. And so I turned my volume up. My volume's at like a 60. And I'm like, I cannot hear anything they're saying. This cannot be the movie itself. What the fuck is happening? Realize the sound is going out on my TV. And I was like, oh, dear God, we have to talk about this tomorrow. I'm not going to be able to watch it. I'm only going to be able to <laughs> see what's happening and not hear right. it. Finally, unplugged my TV, plugged it back in. For some reason, that worked. I was like, okay, good. Got it to work. I can watch this movie. Had to rewind it so I could hear what they were actually saying. Because I literally, it wasn't a, a matter of like, oh, it's quiet. It was a matter of like, I literally cannot hear anything they're saying. I was panicking. Oh. But it worked out okay. Well, luckily, you were able to revamp yes. that system. Yes, I saw the movie. It was fucking fantastic. I really liked it. Everything everyone was saying about it was so true in terms of the world is created very well in the movie and the time flies by. I really thought with two and a half hours in terms of like, again, creating this world and kind of giving the background information, I'd get a little bit bored, but I wasn't at all. And it was so fantastic. And I love how they visually explain things in the movie as well, like with their little guard thing that they use in terms of like when they're fighting and stuff, they visually showed like what that is, mm. um, which I appreciated again, as someone who has no background in terms of the story itself. So I think they did a really good job. All the acting was fantastic. Oscar Isaac, Isaac can get it. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's my review of the movie <laughs> and review right there. Perfect. Yep. Um, but yeah, I really liked it. Uh, there were some parts I would say, I was like, oh, that's silly. Um, or like, I really wish I was watching it with someone to just like make a joke. Like there, I don't think this will give anything away, but there's a scene where the doctor is like talking to him in a different language. 
And he says like a like bunch of sentences. And then he says, what are you saying? And, to, <laughs> and it just sounded like he was saying like, I don't understand anything you're saying in this language. Please interpret it like for me. Just like right. silly moments like that. I was like, oh, okay. That, that was kind of, maybe could have been delivered a little bit differently. But overall, I honestly probably would give it like a nine out of 10. It was really good. Awesome. Andres, where'd you fall on this one? Where'd I fall on this one? Um, oh, do tell us. I'm in the dark. Oh, well, here's the thing. After I came out of this movie, I walked out with um, three different people who have varying degrees of like um, experience with the Dune uh, series. One of them had never even read the book. The other one was in the process of reading it and got about to the same point where the movie actually ends. Oh, that's cool. And we both all looked at each other. We all said, damn, that is going to go down as maybe one of the best movie going experiences ever, just because of the fact of how it's portrayed in IMAX, how those images just wash over you and how the sound is one, probably one of the best sound mixes I've ever heard in a movie for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, wish I got to experience it the first time. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. But, but the thing is, oh, like I said before, Having read the first book and then going back and reading uh, Dune Messiah and then Children of Dune and um, some of the other stuff as well, too, um, even some of the Brian Herbert stuff as well, um, I, I like I just thought it was a stunning achievement because that is the way you adapt something. Certain things that are in the movie actually aren't even in the book the same way, like certain people who die in in the in the book don't even die the same way that they do in the movie. And whatever they change, it's a welcome change. And that is the very definition of an adaptation. And for a book, as people forget that as much as as much as this has influenced sci-fi, the book is very vague in terms of its description of technology and all other stuff. And just seeing what that was defined as with Velvenuve at the helm. I thought it was unique. I thought it was different than everything else I come across because the last thing I wanted to see was another Star Wars ripoff or something that was more akin to, no offense, um, the David Lynch version, which Mm -hmm. even still people who I know who are huge David Lynch fans, they don't acknowledge that movie for some reason or another. And there's a big reason. Um, But yeah, but all I will say is Velvenuve, did so much heavy lifting in 15 minutes that Lynch struggled with in his original adaptation. And for a master of cinema like David Lynch to not be able to pull something like that off and to have Velvet Neuve kind of take a different approach to it and have that work seamlessly all throughout to the point where now the conversation anybody had whenever they came out of the movie was even if they didn't like it, they're like, I still want to see part two. That is that to me is is a big, big, big spell in terms of mm-hmm. what in terms of what Velvenuve was able to do. So needless to say, I freaking loved it. I freaking loved it. In fact, I actually have a screening to go to right after we're done with this because I only have one more week to go see it in IMAX before Marvel takes it over and just goes, oh, it's only Eternals from now on. So <laughs> yeah. can I say something really? Because I totally forgot to say this. Uh, two things. 
One, I really don't think I lost, and this isn't like a slight against anyone at all, but I really don't think I lost much watching it on HBO Max. Mm -hmm. And I think that is a testament to how good the movie is. Mm -hmm. Uh, I still enjoyed it. Obviously, it probably would have been better in theaters, but I don't think I lost anything in sense of um, wanting to see the second one or being invested in it in HBO Max. And again, I think that just says how good the movie is. Um, And two, what I really appreciated about the story is having a badass, kick-ass woman that is his mom that is older. And by older, I mean not in their earlier 20s. Because I feel like as women actors, once they get older, it's kind of like they get put to the side or they have these side stories. They don't really get to do much in as main characters. And to see her be so like fucking kick ass in this movie was <laughs> I really enjoyed it. I really like that they uh, incorporated that into the story. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. And some of the most badass moments in this entire movie come from all the women like Liet Kynes. Oh, my God. That character is written as a male in the book. But in the movie, it's it's now gender swapped into a into a female. Love it. And it, I, that that was that was that was that was a change I absolutely just saw. You know what? She still captured it, and the ending, her last scene in the movie, I just literally just just went, oh, Melvinu, tip of the cap to you, sir. That is not in the book, <laughs> not in the book at all. And oh my god, I I absolutely lost it when that happened. Uh, now I'm I'm literally like right in the same boat as both of you guys. I mean, I also watched it on HBO Max, but you know, like just like I said, like, or what Nancy said, like watching at home does not at all like deflate the movie going experience. It's like, I literally felt the visuals and the sound just completely immerse me. It was just one of those movies where as soon as it ended, I thought to myself, see, that is why I fucking love movies. It's just like, I felt completely transported. I felt like I was somewhere else entirely. I was so immersed in this world and in these characters. And Villeneuve was just so damn good at world building like he just he knows how to uh, like take a world completely immerse you in it build it out in a way that feels accessible doesn't feel overwhelming i mean the source material i'm sure is dense and full of all these intricate details and you know translating that to the silver screen is probably no easy feat i mean lynch clearly had you know uh, a lot of issues doing so since that movie seems to be hated by a lot of people and it doesn't look particularly great that's for sure but even lynch has problems with it yeah i'm sure he does but just the visuals in this movie, the performances, the story, everything was just so solid and so well done. The sound design, incredible. The action sequences, unreal. And as soon as it was like one of the first times in a long time where the movie ended and I was so upset that it ended because I just wanted to keep watching it. And like when you're saying that about a movie that's almost three hours long, that's a massive achievement, not just in terms of editing, but in in terms of you're telling a story on this scope and for this long a period of time. And at the end where I'm still like begging for more, that's that's amazing. That's absolutely incredible. And Hans Zimmer had no right to go as hard as he did on that score. Holy shit. Like, wow. Unreal score. Just everything in this movie fires in all cylinders. The special effects are unreal. I mean, the thing with his movies is that you can never really tell where the practical stops and the CG begins. And that's something I always got to give him credit for. You know, he proved it on Blade Runner 2049 too, where you honestly don't know what's visual effects, what's actually in the scene in camera. Like, and that's such a great marriage of those two things. And he does that so well. And my fear going into this movie is that it was going to be all like flash, no substance. But I not only got amazing action sequences and visuals, but I also got really 
great characters and a really cool story because, you know, when I was watching the trailers, I'm like, they're not really selling me on the story. Like, I still don't really know what this movie's about. I mean, I didn't read any of the books and I was very kind of new to this whole Dune world. So when I was watching the trailers, I'm like, it looks visually awesome, but like, there's something about spice or like, like, like yeah. and I was like, all right, cool. Um, but like in the movie, like the story is actually really well told and it's very accessible. It doesn't feel, you know, like it's really, you know, um, uninteresting, like especially as the movie goes on, I got more and more interested in what was going on and it felt kind of very Game of Thrones-esque where you got all these kind of like dueling families and there's a lot of like politics and this, that and the other thing and a lot of visuals kind of look akin to that and I was just so on board and it just like, it was one of those things where I watched it and like I said, as soon as those credits rolled, I was like, that is exactly why I love talking about movies, why I love seeing movies. It's a movie that I was like, if we don't get a part two, I'm gonna be so crushed because it really ends on quite the little cliffhanger. So like I was gonna be so angry if we didn't get a part two. And my dad even felt the similar way. He's like, Are are they doing a part two? I'm like, Yeah, I got green. He's like, Oh, thank God. <laughs> and I was like, Yeah, I know. Cause he's like, Cause that movie, like, it just felt like there was more and we just didn't get it. <laughs> I was like, can I tell you, I did that to my, I didn't, uh, Avengers, I didn't know it was like a two-parter movie. So I oh, watched right. the first one and was like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> are they, which I, I was like, what just happened? Did he win? We're done? This is it. Okay. <laughs> like, right. Oh no. So I'm glad I, I'm glad I heard the news that we were getting a second one before I actually watched the movie. Cause I would be like, what the fuck? Like uh, yeah. the second one. But, but thank God, because it's just like you could tell there's so much more story to tell. And I'm really loving where it's headed. And just, oh, my God. I mean, some of the I mean, everyone in this cast is so damn good. Like Jason Momoa is just such a likable guy. Like, can we just like just everything he's in? I'm just like, I'm happier in this. Like you're just, like you make me smile like you're a cool guy. And I love seeing him. Oscar Isaac's fantastic. I thought Rebecca Ferguson gave the best performance in the entire movie. I mean, she just looked like she was barely hanging on by a thread constantly. And like she just completely sold me on it. And I just I was I think it was like my favorite performance of hers, if I'm being honest, like Thanks. she got to do the most that mm-hmm. I think that she's ever been kind of given. Like this was like a really great meaty role. And I remember Villeneuve even said it like in the book, she's kind of more reserved in terms of her emotions, but I wanted her to seem like someone who was kind of like barely keeping it together and was very like external about what she was going through. And I thought that was a really awesome choice because every time she was there, I was like, I'm just worried about this woman. (laughs) Like She's like, you can tell she really loves her husband, really loves her son, but she is like barely hanging on. And just like the, the fact she's able to like keep that going throughout the entire movie without it feeling like stale or repetitive and where I'm still like liking her as a person because you can tell she's a strong woman and you could tell that like Paul takes a lot of notes from her in terms of his strength. It was mm-hmm. awesome. And just overall, I mean, it's an amazing movie. I mean, do you guys have anything else you want to throw out there about Dune? I mean, we could probably talk about this all day. Yeah. I have oh, one wow. comment, which is yeah. so random. I don't know why. And maybe, I mean, if anyone doesn't know, what my costume is, I'm actually Dr. Teeth from the Electric Mayhem from the Muppets because I'm obsessed with ah. the Muppets. I was wondering, I, I was like, are yeah. you? I'm not a pimp. <laughs> I know that's what everyone's thinking. Okay, but here's the thing. Craig was the Swedish chef, so it makes more sense when we're, you know, oh, together, which is together. context. Yes, exactly. It's, it's, it's out of context. It just looks like I'm a pimp. Yeah, it's like your peanut fine. butter without the jelly. I exactly. Yeah. Um, but I don't know why watching this movie, it gave me dark crystal vibes and just the I don't know if it's what you were saying Tom in terms of like not knowing what is actually there versus CGI or or Mm -hmm. whatever it may be and I think that just pulled at my heartstrings a little bit because I'm such a big Jim Henson fan Mm -hmm. and for whatever reason that just 
I was all in after I was like, oh, I don't know why. This give me some dark crystal vibes. I really love it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm in. Let's do this. Right. Yeah. I mean, there is there is several like even though this movie is defined as a sci fi um, movie or sci fi book, even or even just sci fi story. It Ugh. deals with a lot I of mis- fucking take these off. Sorry. I got I to gotta take these Loki horns off. I you like can't see fucking- me, but I've been rolling up my sleeves. I'm like, oh my it God. Is I, I feel like I feel like my forehead has a heartbeat. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, here I am sorry. so comfortable sorry right now with my to, like think straight. <laughs> <laughs> and here I am. I'm just so comfortable with my foot. Yeah, clan. with your fucking headband. Yeah, get in <laughs> here. Easy ass costume. Tro- <laughs> I know. I'm just a troubled teen, guys. I'm going to go steal some stereos after we're done. So makes <laughs> oh, uh, Marlboro or Marble? Oh, my, oh my goodness, I forget what Sam Rockwell said, but uh, that's yeah, it's like marble or something, yeah, yeah. Oh, goodness, anyways, clearly we don't smoke, <laughs> <laughs> clearly we are not smokers here. <laughs> oh, well, oh my yeah, god, but but just real quick, and we'll and we'll wrap it up on Dune. It's it's one of those things where the big discussion has come into whether or not you should experience this in a movie theater or at home. And I agree with Nancy doesn't take anything away from it. If you watch at home, some of my favorite movies, the first time Mm -hmm. I got to experience it, Jurassic Park, one of my all time favorite movies ever. First time I experienced it was home. Mm -hmm. And eventually, and eventually I got to see it in theaters, but here's the thing. It, it, It doesn't take away anything. Whenever you experience something for the first time over at home, it's just one of those things where, where, I know me and I know that it's only going to be available over in the theater for a very limited time. And it's also just one of those few experiences that you won't get maybe later on. Who knows? Hopefully by the time two comes out, we'll get a double feature before going in to see uh, the second one. That's, that's the hope, but you know what, whatever way you can see this, go see it, you go, go experience it in whatever way you can. And you know, it's, like like i love how velvet and a couple other directors are going like this is meant for cinema this is meant for the theater and it's like right guys whatever way you see it it's going to be fine all yeah. right so yeah that, that's that's just my that's just like my small little thing on that but great great achievement and uh it, it's it makes it makes the lynch version just kind of look kind of like okay i'm never going to watch that again and yeah. also also talking about the baron real quick who inspired Darth Vader. That is the Baron that, that is the Baron that I know definitely inspired Darth Vader. Not that, Mm -hmm. not that David Lynch one where it just feels like a baby, just like, "Ah, ah." I'm like, Oh my God. It's thank thank God we have this one now, but go see Dune. Go see. Yeah, There you go. Go see it guys. You've heard it here. We all hated it. Every fucking second of it. It's an awful movie that you should see at home and in theaters. You heard it here. So, so overrated, <laughs> right? Seriously, it's unbelievably overrated. But, overrated. It, but, but speaking of overrated, last time on our last episode, we gave you our like pick for like the most underrated horror movie to watch this Halloween or this Halloween season. Today, we're going to give you a horror movie of ours in our, in our minds that we feel is super overrated. And then also we're going to preface each of our choices with our favorite Halloween candy, because why not? We're filming this on Halloween. People are trick-or-treating. And candy, of course, is always associated with Halloween. So, Nancy, we're going to start with you. What horror movie do you think is super overrated? And also, what is your favorite Halloween candy? Let the people know. Can I give a movie that I think is overrated that I haven't actually seen? Is that fair? Um, Well, I mean... I feel like you have to probably have seen the movie to call okay. it overrated. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it, well, is it, will you still think that if I say it's Midsummer? 
I feel like Andre's so wait, is so, like wait, wait. So so wait, you think that it's gonna be overrated if you did watch it? Yes. And I think Andre's secret. Okay. I'm so sorry, video Drew. I know don't hate me. But I just feel <laughs> like it's a I I think because I've heard what happens in the movie, I'm like, oh, I don't think that's a movie that is that great. But Mm-hmm. That aside, I will wait till I watch it to make my final decision if that is overrated. Um, but I will say I was watching, well, I don't know if a lot of people like this, but I was watching Corpse Bride today or I was trying to go through it and I didn't quite enjoy it as much as people really like it. Right. Um, it was kind of bland. I feel like they were trying to do a, a remix of Nightmare Before Christmas that didn't quite work for me. The songs weren't as exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, also, her worm friend is based off of an old, old, old actor um, that they based a Looney Tunes character off of that terrified me as a child and is also based off of the um, creepy lamp in the tool shed in uh, The Brave Little Toaster. So I think we should let go of this creepy character. We don't need it anymore. I was like, I don't understand why he's in there. So I'm going to say Corpse Bride is my overrated Halloween okay. movie. I'm so sorry. And what's your favorite candy, though? Oh, I forgot about that part. My favorite candy that I could not find this year, I was very sad, is the caramel apple uh, lollipops that they usually sell oh. around uh, Halloween time. And I couldn't find them this year. I'm so sad. They're very good. However... Yeah. I have been drinking a caramel apple mimosa that you can see is gone. Ah, so it's very good. <laughs> okay. So the candy is still with us in spirit. Yes, exactly. <laughs> gotcha. Andres, what's your pick and your favorite candy? Oof. All right. Well, to go off of what Nancy was saying about Midsommar, here's the thing. Midsommar is a long movie, but you have to go into that. You have to go into that, I guess, in the right mood, because I remember seeing that for the first time. I absolutely hated it. I absolutely hated it all the way through. Keep in mind, I was going through a a relationship that was deteriorating at the time. So just watching her suffer all throughout, I'm just like, oh, you don't deserve that right now. Get out. (laughs) Yeah. But 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 having actually given it a second chance, because, you know, um, Drew absolutely loves that movie. And then also on top of that. Um, my girlfriend actually really likes that movie quite a bit too. And it was one of those things where I was like, all right, I'll give it one more chance. And when you walk into it with the mentality that it is a comedy plays completely differently. And not it a actually, comedy that I don't agree. Everyone keeps saying I don't that think it's, it's supposed a to be a comedy. I do not agree. The intentions Just, of this movie was not to be a comedy, whether, I mean, look at movies like uh, the room, not mm-hmm. meant to be a comedy. No. Very much turned out to be. But I also don't think hilarious. The, exactly. <laughs> the intentions, I don't think, were meant to be a comedy. I guess you could look at it that way, but I, I just I just, I think it's so weird that people think that the intentions of going into this movie are a comedy. I don't know. That's so interesting to me. It's it's one of those when, when, you, when you sit down and you watch it, it's one of those where you're like, oh, that, 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 like, it's, it's one of those that it's, it's very ripe for dissection. So, I encourage you to see it again. That, 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 that's that's mm-hmm. that's that's all I'm saying. I will it, watch it. Yeah, I will watch it at some point before I make my final decision. But <laughs> absolutely. But but just for anybody else who's kind of like iffy and shaky on that as well too, because I absolutely hated it the first time I saw it, and I really came around to it the second time. So th- just just a fun little thing right there. All right. In terms of my most overrated Halloween movie, I'm going to go controversial on this one. 
Okay. I'm gonna go really Ooh. controversial. I'm nervous because so many people absolutely love this movie, and I know how many people absolutely love the characters that are in this. But I'm gonna say Trick or Treat is so old. holy shit. That's so weird. You said that. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I've I, seen this one. No, I totally agree with him though. Totally agree. I, you do. Oh, dude. I don't think I no, don't dude, think I've seen I, this one, but based off the, of what I've seen, I weird probably... part is is that you both have chosen the two movies that I was thinking of, which is the weirdest <laughs> thing. Which just tells yes. me I picked the right two people to fucking do this show with. Because you said Midsummer, I was like, thank God, because that movie I just I can't with it. And then you said Trick or Treat. I'm like, everyone loves this movie, and I'm like, I just don't get it. But anyway, sorry, no. not to cut you off. Just thought it was really weird. <laughs> no, 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 absolutely. And 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 here's the thing: is that Trick or Treat just kind of feels like that movie that has that one. One iconic element where it's Sam. We Halloween yeah. still this day doesn't have like it's it's iconic. It's like like you could say Michael Myers, but at the same time, Michael Myers is sort of just a serial killer that when you think of Halloween, you don't necessarily think of the guy in the mask type of thing. Whereas mm. that movie, Trick or Treat, gave us an indelible iconic Halloween character that anyone who sees him will recognize. Oh, that's the guy from Trick or Treat. The only problem is the movie is not well written. It's badly told. It's just, it's, I, I personally don't think Mike Doherty is actually that good of a storyteller. And he's directed mm-hmm. so many things that have had so much promise. And then the screenplays fall, fall completely fall flat. I mean, if we're going to be, if we're going to be completely honest here, I, I was very shaky on Krampus. I also thought his um, his return to the X-Men franchise after X2, X-Men Apocalypse kind of fell apart as well, too. And he was the screenwriter for that. Did he and, uh, direct uh, God? Uh, what the King, fuck yeah, King, King of the, of the Monsters. Monsters. Yeah, yeah, that was absolutely okay. hated. That was I bad. absolutely hated King of the Monsters. Who who in their right mind would make Vera Farmiga tr- try to make her as relatable of a character as she was when she was trying to kill the entire world because, oh, look, my my son died because of this collateral damage from King Kong. I'm sorry. There's tons of people that that happened to. And it's oh, like now so, everyone else characters. must go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and, and then all of a sudden at the very end where she's just like, oh, well, you know what? I changed my mind. It's like, oh, no, I was happy to see her get stomped. I don't even care that I'm spoiling the movie. That's how much I dislike. Oh, no, it's fine. Monsters. You do what you want here. Oh, goodness. <laughs> but anyway, but anyway, um, Trick or Treat, I just feel like it's one of those that gets so much love and it has certain elements that really work. I absolutely love, love the sequence where the werewolves are coming out um, to uh Sweet dreams are made of this by Marilyn Manson. I was like, oh, that is a badass sequence. But -hmm. everything else leading up to it just doesn't work. It feels so disjointed as a movie. Mm -hmm. It feels like it doesn't have a a, a confidence in its storytelling in terms of what kind of story it wants to tell. That's the reason why it's an anthology movie that has one thread that's very, very basic and and minimal is the fact that Sam is, is at every single one of these events. It's like, that's really it. It's really it. And that's why this movie gets so much love. It's ugh, like, honestly, I don't get it. I seriously don't get it. I don't know why it's in so many, so many top tens. I don't even know why it's counted as a theatrical release when it was never released theatrically. It is a direct-to-video movie that just got too much hype. Yep, I, I, I agree. Honestly, like Trick or Treat, which is one of those movies, everyone's like, you got to watch this movie. It's incredible. And then I ended up watching it and I was like, I don't get the hype on this at all i'm like all right there's some cool looking stuff in it but like in terms of a movie it's pretty fucking bland and boring to me and like it just didn't hook me at all 
But Andres, you, you, you didn't tell the people what your favorite candy is. Both of you guys have had to like ream this out of you. What's going on here? Because oh, okay. you got us going with our our overrated. We got too excited about it. it. Clearly you got too excited and the candy got lost in the shuffle. <laughs> I got too excited for it. But you know what? I'm going to say the one candy I'm always excited for to see um, any Halloween. Oh, goodness. Um, I don't know if it counts as Halloween candy, but I just had it so many times when I was younger. But these little boxes of Boston baked beans. Those are my favorite candy. That for oh, for I love some Boston reason, baked beans are good. Mm. I, never, I agree. I don't know if I consider it Halloween, but you never mm. heard of Boston baked beans? <gasps> I mean, okay. Oh, I mean, you don't need to yell at me. Oh but. my god, <laughs> you're on the East Coast. You should know yeah. these. I've never heard of Boston baked beans. It sounds like a made up thing. To oh, me. it's like candied peanuts. I think it is. Yes. Okay. It's, yeah. it's, it's candy peanuts on the outside, but the well, I don't know what it is. I just eat it. Yeah. I don't know but, what but, it is. But, it's just delicious. But the, <laughs> the difference, but the difference between these uh, Boston baked beans and like something like, let's say peanut M&Ms is that peanut M&Ms are not roasted. Whereas in the inside of the Boston baked beans, they're, 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 they're roasted to the point where they're actually really soft and chewy and delicious. So that to me is like my favorite thing. Like, honestly, I almost had a heart attack when I literally went over to a CVS with a, with my girlfriend and literally there was boxes and boxes of them. And I was like, Oh, I haven't had Boston baked beans in so long. I literally just ran over and got like two boxes. I'm like, so good. You got to try them, Tom. That's your assignment. I mean, I don't think I've even ever seen them in like a candy store over here. I don't know, but I'll keep an eye out. Yes. That's that's why you go to a CBS or a Walgreens. <laughs> They're on the Walgreens. lower shelf of the candy. Oh, are yeah. they like in the island of misfit toys? Yes. <laughs> like, yes. Gotcha. But they're delicious. They're so good. <laughs> All right. I mean, I'll give it a shot if I see him. But uh, I mean, I'm just going to start my thing off with my favorite candy. So I don't forget. Honestly, I've always been a Milky Way boy back in the day. Love me some Milky Ways. Just fucking delicious. Can't go wrong with a good Milky Way or a Reese's peanut butter cup. I mean, oof, <laughs> shit is delicious it's a classic for a reason anyway so as i previously stated you guys pretty much picked my two choices so i honestly just touch on both of them i guess a little bit i mean i already touched on <laughs> trick-or-treat a little bit um i just think it's a super overrated horror movie that i really don't understand why so many people love it so much why it's got this huge cult following the story just kind of falls flat for me yeah it's got that cool iconic you know character that a lot of people have dressed up as and you've seen countless places but it just the movie overall just did nothing for me. And I just have had no desire to go back and watch it again, to give it another chance. It just, just not for me. And then midsummer. Oh my God, what an overrated fucking movie in my opinion. And it's like, I was watching it, uh, during a time where like, I wasn't like in a relationship or anything. It was just like, I knew it was going to be a breakup movie and you know, I've been in breakups before. So I was like, Oh, this would be cool. Like in the context of a horror movie. And you know, this is somebody who loved hereditary loved hereditary. Oh, so um, which why I was so excited for Midsummer. I was like, cool, like a nearly three hour long, like horror movie in this like idyllic location. And it's like this breakup movie in disguise. I'm like, sign me the fuck up. Let's do this. And then it just like, you know, an hour into the movie, I was like, what the fuck? I was like, what are we <laughs> doing here? And it just it felt so self-indulgent. It felt very pretentious. It just felt like it felt like it was hot shit if that made sense where like it's a great looking movie and it's got some great performances, especially from Florence Pugh. But like, other than that, it's like the story did nothing for me and it just went on and on and on and then on some more. And then there's just a lot of unintentionally funny things. And it just, by the time it wraps up, I just didn't care. I just wanted it to be over. And it just, I like the credits rolled. I was like, 
Jesus, what did other people see in this thing? It's like it's a nearly <laughs> three hour long misfire for me. And I'm like, all right, teach their own. But I don't I mean, I don't know about you guys. I know, Nancy, you touched on it a little bit. But I mean, Andres, you went into it with like a different perspective the second time. And it was kind of different for you, I guess. Um, but just from my perspective of watching it the one time, I was like, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> I, 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 like I've seen portions of it and people but I know what happens throughout the story. And uh, it just feels like this weird, like Mad Libs of a story that like doesn't it's like, OK, I guess you could put that in there. Sure. (laughs) But I don't know. It's no good. But I mean, you've heard it here, people. You got our most overrated or most underrated. So if you're watching this on Halloween or after the fact and you want to watch a horror movie, go for our underrated picks. Definitely steer clear of these overrated ones. But overall, we hope you enjoyed our Halloween show. We hope you enjoyed us talking about the news, the trailers, talking about Dune, talking about some Halloween movies that we're not the biggest fans of. We hope that you have an amazing Halloween or that you had an amazing Halloween, depending on when you're watching this. And of course, you got to follow us on social media if you want to follow us from day to day and also get news about the show. So Nancy, Andres, where can people find you? We'll start with Nancy. Where can people find you on the interwebs? Uh, you can find me at PL underscore Band-Aid on Instagram and uh, Twitter. And again, Andres and I will have a show up soon. Uh, Girl and the Ghost presents Crazy Ass Girlfriend, where mm-hmm. we are reviewing the whole series of Crazy Ass Girlfriend. Uh, one episode, uh, sorry, one season at a time per episode. And then again, you can find me every once in a while on the Video Chronic Quizzes. Um, I just won a Lost Boys quiz because uh, I just watched nice. that day. <laughs> so Sweet. I got lucky. Um, and then, of course, here, keep watching us on Film One Tech. Awesome. Andres, how about you, man? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram as Galagos. You can also find me on twitch.tv as Galagos209. <clears throat> you can also find me and my buddy um, Steve uh, doing retrospective reviews on the High Voltage Media channel on YouTube. Uh, again, we just did any given Sunday. We're currently working on Star Wars Episode Three and our um, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom episode with a very special Dang. guest. And um, yeah, and then you can find me here, and you can also find me on the Video Chronic Pop Culture Quizzes every now and again as well. <laughs> Awesome. And if you're looking to follow me, you can find me on Facebook at Chattel Bash Reviews. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Tom Chattel Bash. And of course, you can find me here on my channel where I review movies and TV shows and all that fun stuff. And of course, here on Film on Tap. So make sure you stay tuned for the next episode, which will be hitting the airwaves in a couple weeks. And remember to tune into Film on Tap where we've got the tap that never runs out. So until the next episode, guys, have an amazing day or night wherever you are. And we'll see you very, very soon. Take care, guys.